1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. America! The nightcap
2: yeah, man! USA, baby! Woo! That's what
1: America's all about, D. Right here, this is the USA! Oh, relax! Oh, I'm gonna sit through a house. Oh, you're gonna throw with me? <laughs> little actor boy, you wanna Back go to the on. Patriots? Get in your van. Get in your van and go. Okay? Because I'll throw down. I'll throw down any day of the week. Keep your little band and drive out of my face, okay? Before I go America, all over here!
3: Your- Nobody can stop the USN.
2: Yeah. But that's Good not girl. I am talking about yeah. freedom. About choice. America? I don't think you need to worry. Because if you wanna beat China, you will. If you don't, that's fine. That, my friend, is your
4: victory. Who do you play for? Play for the United States of America.
1: On WGR Sports Radio 550.
2: That reminds me, we'll have to talk USA Hockey just for a smidgen today. If anyone ever tweets about USA Olympic hockey projections, I am going to eat it up and I will not be able to think about anything else.
3: I really like their roster. Oh, That's a roster that can compete, man. I'm going to be so,
2: so mad if the NHL does not go to the
3: next Olympics.
2: <clears throat> Should I go down this rant? I'm going about to go Don't. down an NHL rant
3: anyway. Yeah, so... Pile on everything, because I've already said this to people.
2: Well, let's start with the one that is not, you know, time-pertinent or whatever. Like, right now, like this isn't on anybody's minds. The NHL is trying to grow the sport, at least seemingly. They're not really trying to do that, maybe, but they'll tell you that they're trying to grow the sport. What better way to grow the sport than to put an American hockey lineup in the Olympics... That includes Austin Matthews, Jack Eichel, I should have done that in the other order, I'm sorry, (laughs) Patrick Kane, Johnny Goudreau, arguably the two best goaltenders in hockey, I don't even think I'm being biased by saying that, in Connor Hellebuck and John Gibson. Like You could argue they are the best two goalies in hockey. Jack Hughes, suddenly, not suddenly, we knew he had this potential, number one overall pick, he looks great this year. In two years, he might be a hundred-point player. Dylan Larkin could be your fourth-line center. Kyle Connor.
3: Kyle Connor. Both Kachucks. Blake Wheeler, uh, might be old. Qu- by the, might yeah. be older, but he's still really good.
2: Right. Bla- uh, Jake Gensel, maybe on like a on a line. He's a 30, 40 goal scorer. Quinn Hughes, might be, have one of the highest ceilings. Slavin. For a defenseman in the league, Slavin, who's like the most underrated defenseman in the league, Adam Fox, John Carlson, just won the Norris, Zach Wierenski, both Blue Jacket guys, Seth Tory, Jones,
3: yeah, Tory Krug,
2: ah, uh, Charlie McAvoy, like, yeah, I'm looking at the roster right now. It's why I can name all these to- off the top of my head, but it's incredible how good this team is. It is not as good as Canada on paper, right? But it is by far the closest they have ever been. It's a team that can compete for sure. Like, and it can compete. The way Canada plays. It's not Brandon Dubinsky and Justin Abdulkader them to death with the trap. <laughs> Ryan and Callahan. Yeah, trying yeah. to win games two to one, playing physical style. Like, no, we're going to run up and down the ice and score with you. Like, that's Chiefs Bills almost. Like, maybe <laughs> 10 Chiefs. times. Yeah, like maybe Canada's the Chiefs and maybe USA is the Bills. But you play them 10 times and the US might win three. Doing it that way.
3: Oh, I want the Olympics not this game. so bad in not two years. Not tonight.
2: Right. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Anyways, that's not the reason to rant about the NHL right now. The reason to rant about the NHL is part of what we did yesterday and the day before. Because as it stands today, we still don't know who's at fault for allowing the Sabres and Devils to play each other last weekend when the Devils had multiple players on their COVID protocol list. Bob McKenzie... Reported last night that the Sabres called the NHLPA and expressed their concerns. Bill Daly, the NHL's deputy commissioner and Gary Bettman's henchman, told the Athletic yesterday that, well, nobody talked to us. Nobody said anything to us about it. So either one, the NHLPA did an awful job by not expressing the Sabres concerns to the league. Or two, Bill Daly is lying to everybody.
3: I think both points are irrelevant. Because. That's the first thing to rant about. Right.
2: Okay. Go on. I'm the, sorry. The second thing, do you see what's going on in Florida right now? Like right now in this moment. Did you. See, earlier today, the NHL implemented new COVID protocols because of research they have done that they are going to remove the glass behind the benches because it's better for. Player safety, COVID-wise, like... Like
3: ventilation? Uh, ventilation.
2: They're saying they're essentially saying it gives the air one more place to go, and it's not as much recycled air on the bench. And there could be something to that, actually.
3: There could be. You don't think so? I don't know. It sounds preposterous. Maybe just uh, not have teams that have COVID play. I think that would solve a lot of your issues. Well,
2: sure. That, that is, of course, way more important. But I do think, like, this doesn't matter... Yeah, it There's no fans mean, yeah. in the building for almost anybody that, at the end of the day, even if it's a microscopic difference, sure. there really is no reason for the glass to be there, and it is giving the air one more place to go. So I guess it could help. But the NHL is not enforcing this rule because the Florida Panthers right now are playing with the glass behind the bench because they have fans at the games, and those seats right behind the bench are part of the Panthers' private club seating. So they are expensive seats, and the Panthers don't want to take those fans away. Like, they are literally picking money over what the NHL would tell you is player safety. Like, it it couldn't be more blatant right there in front of your face that the league, if they think they can get away with it, they will always choose money
3: over safety. Like, right here in front of us, they are doing it at this moment. It's honestly so transparent in its self-interest that it kind of just throw your hands up in the air, and at least they're not trying to hide it. You know? <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> they're just going to let him play? Like, I don't really I, – I think
2: there might be a microscopic difference. I don't think it's a huge deal. Sure. The, the glass behind the bench. But if the league is telling you that that could affect something and they're not changing it – But you don't have well, to Well, why, why are you doing it in the yeah. first place? You're doing it for PR? Probably.
3: Oh, this league, man. It's brutal. It's I tweeted so today bad. that it is the most badly so run bad. league in all professional sports. Just there's so many things. We, we already talked about two of them. This whole player safety debacle with COVID. And, and this is, it's kind of sad. Because I thought they did an extremely good job over the summer with the bubble. I thought it worked out really well. They got in everything they had to get in. And you can move on. I thought they did fine. Then this whole thing is just turned into a train wreck. But you already talked about it. The Olympics, the way the NHL brands itself, it's marketing. It's such a we over me sport, which is fine. But when you don't market your stars, no one cares. And the sport itself plays kind of into the we over me. Because if the Red Wings suddenly had Connor McDavid, they'd still be a really bad team. If player, if team X in the NBA, who you know currently is at is in thirtieth place, the Knicks. It, no, it, the Knicks are actually half decent. They're as fine, as well. but but, but so say the, the Knicks aren't yeah. like an actual contender. But no, if right. the Knicks had LeBron James, they instantly become a contender. Yep. Which makes it fun because player movement means something. Mm-hmm. The way the NHL markets the the sport itself doesn't lend to great marketing because a lot of it is. A lot of the game, a majority of the game, is played by average players by NHL standards. It's just, the whole the whole so league bad. is just really poor at what it does. the The sport is great. Sport is sports incredible. The sport is amazing, yeah. and the NHL doesn't do a good job of marketing a great sport and they don't really do much of anything well. That's why I was honestly shocked. <laughs> I was surprised at how well the bubble was conducted over the summer for the right. playoffs. Right. I was like good for the NHL. You got one.
2: They, they and they and they got to that CBA right away like to to, to be yes. able to start have the restart. They looked and better than the MLB
3: go. last summer because oh, the MLB sure. had their issues with the the MLBPA in the league and I thought the NHL really did it well. And then we're back here again. Brutal. Uh, the news, by the way, on that, if you
2: missed the update, Jake McCabe has been added to the COVID protocol list for the Sabres. Ralph Krueger has tested positive for the virus. So, I mean, he is an older gentleman, at least in comparison to the players. Um, so, obviously, wish everyone wishing Ralph Kruger good luck because this we, – we mentioned Marco Rossi yesterday of the Minnesota Wild. Like, still not skating. That's a – that is a – young, that's a young person in the prime of his life, in peak physical condition, and he can't even skate. So, hopefully it's only a mild case, and hopefully Ralph Krueger gets through it, and he gets through it healthy, Um, and that's for any of these players that have tested positive with the Sabres and with all teams. The Devils are down to 16, by the way. Uh, They had one of their goalies, Aaron Dell, come off the list today, completed quarantine, so... The Devils are down to 16. No more case new cases today. The Wild have a little bit of an outbreak of their own. Uh, they had one more player added today. They're now at seven. So you've got a bunch of teams around the league that are seeing more COVID cases on their on their COVID pr- protocol list. Um, and it's not off to a great start in that category for the NHL. Multiple teams have had to postpone games. You had the Stars shutting down at the beginning of the year. The Hurricanes had shut down for a bit. You've got three teams on shutdown right now. So... We'll see. The NFL didn't start out great. Major League Baseball started off horribly. And they ended up both getting through their seasons. So hopefully there will be lessons learned here from the league. And they'll end up getting through this season. But that's really where we gotta leave it for now. Sabres don't play till next week. Uh, if I could make a awkward transition here, I am still obsessed with Rondell Moore 24 hours later. <laughs> Did you go home and watch the
3: highlights? I,
2: I watched highlights. I watched film analysis. I watched analysts breaking down his tape and and, and even like the, the PFF guys going over his grades. Like I watched everything I felt like I could watch in a couple of hours on Rondell Moore last night. And you know what? It only strengthened my position that this is the guy for the Bills this offseason for me. And there was a caller earlier on the afternoon show that it's like if I could have designed a fan to call in and make a point, like, this was my guy. Like, he's like, we just need the closest thing we can get to Tyreek Hill. And I've just become infatuated with that idea. And it's – it's I don't want to sound like a broken record the whole offseason, but I think this is where I've landed. It doesn't have to be Rondell Moore, but a player like that where you could throw it to him, he could take it to the house, and that's what – the Chiefs have that – you know what? I'm starting to look around the league. How many teams really do have that guy? Like, it's not everybody. In fact, there are very few guys like Tyreek Hill in the league. There are Tyreek Hill lights and some very lights. Like the very first, lights, yeah. The first name I thought of in uh, Chicago is Tariq Cohen. Very, and, very, very right, light. Right, very, very light. But <laughs> in, like, you know, what type of player is he? He's that guy. He's the guy you throw a, a screen pass to and he can score. Yeah. Um, Cordero Patterson has kind of been this player throughout his career. But, again, very, very, very light. light. Yep. It is a risky pick, and I acknowledge that. Because if you look at a lot of these guys with elite speed that almost get drafted for their speed, you don't have a great recent track record of them succeeding in the NFL. John Ross sticks John out Ross, immediately. Even this past year, Henry Ruggs, I mean, he's only played one yeah, year. who knows? And yeah. I'm not going to call him a bust. But right now, he, he was the top receiver yeah, pick, and right. I might pick five guys over him. Exactly. That class. How about Gabriel it. Davis? Gabriel Davis. <laughs> Ooh, that's a great question. Who would you rather have right now, Gabriel Davis or Henry Ruggs?
3: To answer your question, you could say, say Ruggs. It's too close, but, but it's too close. Yeah,
2: exactly. Um, yeah, but Ruggs, uh, John Ross, who you mentioned, like, even uh, Marquise Goodwin for the Bills was not drafted that high, but that guy had world-class speed. And he was okay. Right. But not like a
3: he wasn't not Tyree, Tyree Kill. Kill. Yeah. Right.
2: Will Fuller even like had elite speed coming into the league. He really hasn't been able to stay healthy, but even when he's played, he's been good, but he's not been a game breaker like right. Tyree Kill. So I I wonder, I acknowledge that even though this is my favorite idea for the Bills offseason, that it is a risky idea
3: because of that track record of those types of players. Right. I and but I'm okay. I think we talked about it a little bit yesterday. I'm okay with them taking riskier options because of where they are as an organization. They're not a rebuilding organization where you have to land this pick. It's imperative for the development of your roster to land this pick. The way I kind right. of view the Bills right now and where they are as an organization, where their roster is, is that additions this year, It's gonna be. there's going to be some... Cr- Some, you know, cap crunches. I think we're all anticipating that. But I see that
2: today. Yeah.
3: It's going down
2: 13 million. It is higher than they originally thought. Right. But 185, that's 13 less million dollars than the bill said. That's
3: more. That's actually significantly more than what they. There was. There was thought that it was going
2: 175 was the original number, and that would be a drop of 23
3: million. So. But yeah, like. I'm okay with them taking risks on a guy like Rondell Moore. If you're not sold that his skill set can translate to the next level, I'm okay with them swinging because if they miss, it won't be detrimental. I don't think any of us are counting on pick 30 to make or break the bills this year. It's not It's not like that with this roster. Right. And there's very few guys at 30 who are going to be game breakers in the rookie season as it is. I'm okay with them swinging for the fences and taking a guy like this because I agree with you. He 100% can add a dynamic element to your offense that's missing. Really Stefan Diggs is the only yards after catch kind of guy and he's not even he's good he's very
2: good at it but he's not he's not He's not going to make six guys miss in right. way the end zone. Like, turn, and, turn I'm,
3: I'm nice. totally cool with that. By the way, I'd much rather yeah. sometimes just see him go down like he does instead of taking on hits. Oh yeah, no, but I actually like that about him that you just mentioned. Like he slides, he goes immediately out of bounds. Like he does
2: not take
3: big licks in the secondary. Doesn't take big licks, which means he doesn't fumble and, and it, he doesn't get hurt. D- yeah, protects himself. So and fine. I, I'd much rather have that. But if you do get a guy who has the ability to do it, whether it be an ETM. Or Rondell Moore. I am all in on that. And like you, I've cooled off substantially on defense. Any defense idea.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I'm okay with them investing any free agent dollars they'll have. I think the way we've been phrasing it. I don't even know, by the way, that they... I've been saying they'll probably have enough money to make one big free agent acquisition, but I'm not even sure they're going to have that. Marcel Louis-Jacques of ESPN was tweeting about this earlier, that they are going to have to do some cap gymnastics to even do that. Now... I think Bean might be able to pull it off, um, but but it's 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 not like they can just go spend $20 million on the best free oh, agent pass sure. rusher. I'm not sure there's a player, by the way, that's worth that. Um, like, J.J. J. J. Watt wouldn't get that, probably. Well, maybe he would get that at this point in his career. What is would J.J. T- J. Watt isn't get? Isn't T.J. Watt a free agent? No, T.J. T. Watt, I don't think, is a free agent. Are you sure about that? I'll double-check. If he's a free agent, then I might want to fi- try to find $20 million
3: to pay him. Um, he is a free agent. Now, they're probably going to franchise wow. him or something. Yeah, they're not letting him get away. Or they could sign a deal. No, like, sorry.
2: I, no, no, he's under... Fifth-year option.
3: Oh, okay. So Fifth-year the, okay. option, then he'll be a free agent. So the question is the the holdout. That's the whole thing with TJ Watt.
2: Right, that's right. Um, And JJ Watt is 32. He's still performing at a very high level. He was making $17.5 million before... Um, like, do I have to give him fifteen million if I bring him in here as a thirty-two year old? That, by the way, is also not like he's an edge rusher, but he plays everywhere on the defensive line. He's almost what you want at, wanted wanted at Oliver to become, like at least as a like stylistically. JJ yeah. Watt gets twenty sacks a year, like that's kind of hard to ask for. Um, but part of me liking this Rondell Moore idea and the Bills going after a wide receiver in the first round. That's that's one of your two big assets to go out and get somebody this offseason. I think you make a good point though, that it's not make or break. Like I do think at some point you're going to need to start hitting on these top draft picks because you know what? Brandon Bean's done a great job of finding quality starters every single year in the draft in the mid rounds and in the first round. Mm-hmm. But how many how many guys since Josh Allen and Tredavious White have been
3: like elites
2: at their position? I know he's only had a couple of swings well, I mean it. he's
3: only had Oliver.
2: That's the only first-round pick he's and, made, Oliver right? and Edmonds. And Edmonds. Edmonds, right. Okay. So, like, that's fine. They're both good starting players. Edmonds is better than...
3: Yeah. Ed- Edmonds is up there.
2: But I'd like to have, like, one of every three, one of every four guys be, like, one of the best at their position in the draft. And that might be a lot to ask for for picking in the late first round all the time if that's what they're destined for here. And so far, so good. Like, I would take four first-round picks from Brandon Bean. Tredavious White is an elite corner. Yep. Josh Allen looks like an elite quarterback, and that might count three times. And then since, like, you got fine players in that Oliver and Tremaine Edmonds, but, like, the next guy they get and the next couple of guys they get, like, you got at least nail in the next two, three years one elite at their position. And if it's this year, of course, great. Um, but overall point, like a long story
3: short, like what you just said, it's not make or break. But it is essential when you when Josh Allen's cap inevitably goes up and skyrockets really. Yeah. It will be it will essential to have guys on their entry level deals yep. who are playing at a high level who won't burn you when it comes to the cap. Yes. And so it's I'm not say I'm saying it's make it's not make or break, but it also doesn't mean you, you know, you, just you don't take it, it seriously. Like, the draft is a huge way to acquire players who are cheap but can be good, can be difference makers, especially when you're in a Super Bowl window with a quarterback who's about to be what? A top two to three earner at his position, yeah. which means top two to three earner in the league, regardless of position, because that's how the quarterback position
4: goes.
2: Yeah. I want to actually ask you about Allen specifically, maybe towards fantasy. I have a draft on Saturday. And it's a format where he's going to probably go very high. And what he is in fantasy next year is super interesting to me. Because Allen ended 2020 as the top fantasy quarterback. A Bill's quarterback ended first in fantasy points. And, like, next year for that... I, uh, we'll get into it next. But I'm not sure there's any reason to think that's coming down at all. Which means his draft status is going to be crazy. That, plus a Bill had... A good chunk of things to say on Deshaun Watson earlier today. It's really good. We're going to bring that to you next as well and talk about Watson and another quarterback rumor in the league today. Same guy as yesterday, but we'll talk about it nonetheless. Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keeney to your calls as well at 803-0550 right after this on WGR. We don't
4: live in a shut up and play world anymore. People realizing their power and players understanding how much they mean. They just want to have a say in the things that take place. And we take it it pretty serious. So I don't really know the ins and outs of Deshaun Watson's situation, but obviously he's upset for a good reason. You know, it's not for no reason. I feel like people should more take a step back and look at the the situation in its totality. And I kind of heard a couple of tidbits from former players and guys like that who say like, yeah, like basically you should be quiet and just play the game, but we don't live in that world no more. We're not gonna live in that world. For a man to be upset, or for a man to want something different, I don't think he's wrong for that. I went for that for myself. I was one of the unique situations that it worked out. And he's one of those guys that's equally or even maybe even more talented coming from a quarterback position. He'll change any team. This year as far as management and who was hired and you know, whoever didn't if he didn't have a say in it. I feel like that's your starting quarterback. I feel like your quarterback should have somewhat of a or an opportunity to have some input.
2: Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs. That's a great job on first take earlier today by him. He did a little media circuit in for Old Spice. That's that's what you get Super Bowl week. All these companies they grab an NFL legend or a current NFL star and they just parade him around. And today was Diggs. And that's – I'm surprised first – not surprised it was him. Not really actually that surprised. But it's always a little jarring to hear an NFL player speak in that much detail on a situation on another team. But it is part of, like, what he's talking about there. Like, a growing movement of – already seen it in the NBA. And maybe they're picking up the cue from the NBA. Because if I'm Deshaun Watson – it doesn't have to be Sean Watson. If I'm anybody, if I'm Tom Brady, this probably happened in part – Tom Brady mentioned, before he left, maybe in the process of leaving, he mentioned LeBron James going to the Lakers. Like, he talked about LeBron having all the power. And, like, he knows his worth as a player, and he uses it. And Brady went to Tampa. Like, he left. He went to create for his own. He did what he wanted to do. He didn't stick there in New England like most would have wanted him to do or expect him to do. So... That, that's a different situation, Watson, than Watson. But I feel like they could be picking up cues from these NBA players that, like, yeah, you are the franchise. Like, you might not technically be in their front office, but out in the real world, like, is what, like, fans want to bring up? Like, no, you shut up and do your job, right? That's what fans will tell. Some fans will tell you, not everybody. But you know what? Like, the quarterback of a team, you shouldn't think of them as an employee, because, They should have as much power as, like, an executive does in a big company. Uh, Any position where they have input, that position, quarterback, to me is high enough up the ladder for these teams that it should almost be a given that if you have a franchise quarterback and you know he's great, that
3: in today's world he should have a say. Is there anyone in the Bills organization that you, as a Bills fan, that you'd rather have than Josh Allen? Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott. No. No. And I think players are finally getting that memo that they are the replace they are the irreplaceable ones, not the other way around. Especially the stars. It might mean more in the NBA because it is such an individual sport in a lot of aspects, but if you're the quarterback of an NFL team, you are more important to that franchise than mm-hmm. any coach, than any scout, than any executive in that front office.
2: It's it's almost – it's funny we've kind of talked about this same conversation but with two sports today comparing it to the NBA. Because, like, you mentioned hockey. You put Conor McDavid on Detroit, they're still bad. Terrible. Still one of the worst teams in the league. That sport doesn't carry that kind of value player-wise. But I don't know how much difference there is between a quarterback in the NFL and a superstar in the NBA. Sure. Because – So, like, LeBron goes to the Lakers, who had missed the playoffs, like, seven years in a row. Like, they were pretty darn bad before he got there. He walks in the door without any other star on the team. They hadn't yet had got Anthony Davis. It's just LeBron. And before he got injured late in that year, they were on their way to the playoffs. Like, just him made them a playoff team. And we've seen countless examples of that in the league where one guy shows up and the whole organization changes. The Cavaliers are a better example. LeBron shows up to the Cavs, who were like at the bottom since he had left there, and they're, boom, they're in the finals four years in a row. And I think quarterback rivals that.
3: Because if Deshaun Watson were to go to the he, He'd Dolphins, have to go to a good team, though. He'd have to go to a good team. Like, LeBron James could turn a bad team into, into a, a contender team. immediately. yeah. Deshaun I, Watson won four games with Houston. It's not it's like, like a, if he okay, went to sure. the Jets that they'd just instantly become a contender. But the, so point, maybe the, the point is the same. Yeah, the
2: jump may be smaller, but like say Miami. Miami was not a playoff team Wait. last year, and they were 10-6 and six maybe in part because of a lot of luck that they got. But if you put Watson on that team last year, I think they are—am I going too far by saying Super Bowl contender? I don't think so. I think they've got a good enough all-around roster to, to say that. That they would have been a Super Bowl contender. They would have been, with Watson, instead of what they had last year between Fitz and Tua, I would have put them as the third best team in the conference. And they'd be and, right there with the Bills. Right, pretty close to the Bills. That's that's how big a difference it is. And, of course, he should capitalize on that power. Of course he should. Sure, he's under contract, but these GMs and these coaches, like they ignore the contract the other way all the time. Exactly. Jared Goff had a contract. The Rams didn't honor it. So why should the player have to when it benefits him to
3: not? It's so funny that, you know, like if a player makes this kind of power move, the initial reaction is to vilify the player. Right? But if a team does it to a player, cuts them or whatever, it's a shrewd business decision.
2: That's funny because I'm not sure it sounds like that's what's happening, by the way, in Houston. This is a very special case. But I agree. It I, sounds like the Houston fans yes. are siding with Watson here. Like right. they they're upset with management.
3: Maybe Stefan Diggs is a better example because okay. Deshaun Watson is universally liked in the league, I would say. I've n- I've never heard a bad word about Deshaun Watson. Me and even the the like you're saying, Houston fans, it doesn't even seem like they blame him. No, right. And they dislike the organization as much as he does right now. <laughs> That's what yeah. it seems like. Stefan Diggs is probably a better example because people in Minnesota don't like him at all. And he used the power he has as a star player to get his way out of Minnesota. That's probably a, a better example where, oh, yeah, that is. you forced your hand in a trade by kind of, you know, trashing everything. A lot of people think you're a diva, blah, 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 whatever you make of that situation that happened in Minnesota. That's him being a diva. That's him being selfish. But if a team cuts someone, a veteran who's given 10 years to an organization, but got to save 5 to $8 million off the cap, then it's a business decision. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with loyalty or any of that. It's a double standard, and I'm glad that players are doing it. Because honestly, this is fun.
2: Yeah. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. Uh, the other rumor today, by the way, is the same guy two days in a row, but a little more detail today uh, on Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. Ian Rappaport today has that the Eagles, this is very reportery here, where he's not really saying a ton, but he's also saying something at the same time. The Eagles are getting calls. They don't want to trade Wentz, but... They're not hanging up the phone. I guess that's at least a step further than what Houston's doing right now because to this point, it doesn't sound like the Texans are even answering the phone. So, at least the Eagles are doing that. But, of course they should. And it's... I don't know why he's so different from Goff right now. In that the Rams... It was a negative to have Goff on that contract. A very similar contract to what Wentz has with the Eagles. And... I don't think they're too far off in terms of players. I mean, I know they were drafted right next to each other. I'm not just saying it because of that. Like, I think they are both young quarterbacks. Well, how young are they at this 27, they're 28. Still young. They're not old. They had phenomenal seasons early in their career, and they've either plateaued or, in Wentz's case, he hit rock bottom Torpedoed. more than Goff did. Goff at least was like, hey, he's fine. He doesn't excite you. But he didn't lose you games like Wentz did in Philadelphia. But for some reason, Goff, it took Capital to get him out of there. Because I think the way I see that trade and a lot of people do is it's almost like two trades. Stafford for a first and then a first to get Goff out of there. Why is it that the Eagles think, well, we're going to get two first-round picks for Wentz? They think Wentz is Stafford and they don't think he's Goff. And that, to me, makes me think they're not going to trade him because if that's how high their valuation is of him, I don't think they're going to find a deal. And I think he's still there to start 2021.
3: Do you know what I think the difference is? I think it's the respect that Sean McVay has around the league. I think people look at the situation with the Rams, the McVay Goff connection, and they assume that McVay has already gotten everything that he can out of Goff and has decided Call from mom. Answer
4: it. Call silenced.
3: He does not want Goff on the team and because they are better elsewhere. And that puts a huge damper on Goff's value. I think a lot of people look at Wentz and say, if that guy was on my team, I could turn him back into what he was, and this year was a fluke, a one-off. But has Carson Wentz, you know, he's played extremely well, as you mentioned. In the past, has Gar- has Carson Wentz reached his ceiling? I think a lot of people believe Jared Goff has already hit that ceiling and perhaps even played over what they thought capable when he came into the league. And a lot of that is because of McVeigh. And I bet you there's a lot of egotistical coaches. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing like we, we say all yep. the time. Offensive-minded coaches who think they can get uh, Wentz back to where he was and perhaps better, because there is no denying the talent is there. When he's on, he's fantastic. We've never really seen that with Goff. I think that's the difference. Okay. I don't –
2: I can see your standpoint. I might not share it, but I could – I could see. Oh, I don't why. think that at all. Okay, but I would
3: never trade for once. But maybe this is why teams could think he that. might have more value. Okay, than Okay, that makes sense
2: because I do think teams could convince themselves of that—that that I could get more out of him than Philadelphia has. I think Frank Reich especially could absolutely think that he was their offensive coordinator when he had an MVP-level season. How about Kyle uh, four Shanahan? Kyle Shanahan, right? He could think the same thing. A guy with the raw ability like that and the athleticism. That Wentz has, I that makes sense that that would be a difference, a stark difference, really, athleticism-wise, between Wentz and Goff. Um, I still just don't. I don't think the difference should be that big, to where Goff well, is a negative that. and the Eagles think they're getting two firsts out of him. The McVay point is really good too, and I hadn't thought of that. That because that is how McVay is looked at. McVay is looked at as a god in that league right now, <laughs> right? and anyone that's ever. Been near him is getting jobs as head coaches. The most amazing thing that ever happened with that, by the way, when the Cardinals hired Cliff Kingsbury, they had it in the press release that he's friends with Sean McVay. <laughs> like nothing. Like that was one of the first things they said about him. Like he knows Sean McVay, guys. Cliff Kingsbury he didn't work once, with him
3: once. was McVay's yeah. Uber driver. Right. And Matt, it was. It was a 20-minute
2: ride. Right. Matt <laughs> Lafleur got a job maybe because of just connections to Sean McVay and and the defensive coordinator uh, from the Rams, getting the job to coach Justin Herbert, because he worked under Sean McVay, even though he's a defensive-minded guy. Like, it, it just seems like it never stops with how much love he gets, and maybe that is a part of the golf thing, too. It probably is. Um, so that's a
3: good point that I had not thought of. I I still think, though, Wentz ends up staying. That would be my guess. Like, if, if I had to put money on it, and I think he's an eagle. Do I want to assume that he is
2: going to, if he's still there, going to start week one. Because, like, so, you know, like me, Show, Bulldog, and Sal, we did this this quarterback game for 2021. And the Eagles went very late. I th- I think, not very, very late, but in like the middle maybe. I don't know if I want to just assume they wouldn't start Hurts week one. I think they probably would start Wentz. But I'm not assuming, I'm not, com- like, ruling out that Hertz could do it. And another reason why they might not do that, it was a little curious to me that their do you see who they hired as their quarterback coach? It was a guy who had a ton of connections to Hertz. Like could coach them in college, maybe at Oklahoma. Okay. Um, even maybe they had ties going back to high school. Like they hired a Hertz guy to be the quarterback coach. And I don't know, maybe I'm reading too much into that. that because seems, that the doesn't head- seem like you're reading too much into it. That would be the reason I think I might, and I'm not sure about okay. this, is because the head coach seemed to be like a Wentz guy. Mm. Like they hired Frank Reich's prodigy, basically Nick Sirianni, who worked under Reich, and Reich is a Wentz guy from coaching him in Philadelphia. So I don't know. There's a lot going on there. I've also like Eagles Twitter is like is chaotic. I love it. I love they I are love the most, Eagles fans. They're the they're the most interesting team to talk about right now because they're. Do you follow uh, Michael Kist?
3: Yeah, I from think so. Bleeding
2: Green Nation, I think. Yeah. He he was tweeting the other day, like, it's so fun to wake up to Twitter every day and just watch Eagles Nation eat each other alive. Yep. Like, they are just – they are in civil war right now against each other. And it's, it's very rare that you get one of those situations still in the NFL. Like, it is Rob Johnson, Doug Flutie there right now. And – I'm on the Hertz side for what I think they should do. If you can get anything for Wentz, I would take Hertz starting over Wentz in the first place. Just being on a rookie contract and having more upside to me than, than Wentz does. But if you add draft capital into that, like I think th- it's so clear to me what I think they should do, and it's so interesting that like no one has any idea.
3: Why don't they take a quarterback at six?
2: are you you'd have to be done with Hurts. Like the not done with Hurts, but done with the idea of trying to
3: find out what he is. I would be. And I'm not saying I'm not saying that is a slight to Jalen Hurts. Okay. I'm saying you have an opportunity. You might have an opportunity to take a if Trey Lance is there and you think he's a good quarterback or if one of Fields or uh, Wilson falls. Yeah. I, I don't I don't mind that idea for them. I actually I do like that idea for them. It may not be my
2: favorite, you but imagine
3: Three quarterbacks?
2: They, hey, if they could get a first out of someone for Wentz, they might be able to just turn that pick they get for Wentz and six to move up to get... I think they probably... Well, do you think they have to move up to get like a Zach Wilson? Wilson, yes.
3: I think Trey Fields Lance, no. and Wilson as of right now. The The, the question would be Trey Lance. Hmm. And three might be available... I think three should definitely
2: be in play. Three should be in play. There's a report today that Matt Ryan's going nowhere. Actually, report Arthur Blank, the owner. Like, come out right inside. I'd be shocked if Matt Ryan's not on the team. What are his sources, Um, though? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Atlanta's at four, and then Cincinnati's at five. So you might not have to leapfrog anybody. You might want to, though, because I would still be a little worried about the teams below you. Carolina, maybe even Detroit. Carolina for sure. Denver at nine. I'd be worried about these other teams would be coming from a long way, but San Francisco at twelve, Minnesota, New England. Hmm. I don't know yet how I feel about your your idea for them drafting a guy. I like Hertz a lot. He had it's four games. I know, and I'm not. I'm maybe j- jumping to conclusions by including these names, but his numbers in his first four starts. This should be good. His numbers in his first <laughs> four starts, including rushing were better than both Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen's. Maybe that's more a point towards Lamar Jackson because Allen
3: we know had was a slow starter rookie year. I don't think that necessarily surprises me to be honest with you. I mean Jalen Hurts played a lot of college football at right you know and Lamar Jackson was considered what a wild card coming into the NFL and if Lamar Jackson was a wild card. What was Josh Allen considered coming into the NFL? Right. of right. know. You kind of know what Jalen Hurts is. He's a very good quarterback. He uh, was a starter at Alabama. He was a starter at Oklahoma. I think if he had played, I think if you took him out of
2: that situation, if somebody else had drafted him and he had those four games, like a lot of bright moments and definitely some inconsistencies, and he put up those numbers, and he— I think we'd be thinking of him in a completely different light. Like, I think we would be thinking of him as like, no, they've got their guy. Like, if he was Drew Locke, we'd be like, I don't think Denver needs to draft a guy at nine. I think they're probably fine. And I, we want to
3: see what this guy is. I'm honestly in the, the camp where I think Philadelphia is a tire fire right now, <laughs> and so I just can't see anything good coming out of this situation. I, it really has nothing to do with Jalen Hurts, and I think he – his floor to me is that he'll be a decent quarterback. His floor is Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, decent quarterback. Yeah. he's never going to be the one that kills you. Will he be the one that can win you a Super Bowl? I'm not convinced of that. I'm not saying it can't yeah, happen. I'm not. Conv- wait, wait, wait. I'm not convinced it can't happen, and that's why I'd want to see him more. I feel like I'm convinced that he, he, lost, shot. he lost a job to Tua in Al- at Alabama but he did look better than Tua this year didn't he yes but with, i'm just saying worse i'm just offense. saying do you think that the ceiling is there for him to be a super bowl caliber quarterback i i keep i need to get the russell wilson comp out of my head because i i need to
2: get that out of my head because that's preventing me from saying that he doesn't have it but i don't know we'll see i i want to see more of him on the field before i Answer that question. So before so for you now would, I'm
3: not ruling it out. So you would just completely pass on a quarterback at six for the Eagles. If Trey Lance is there, I would trade I would trade Carson Wentz
2: and start Jalen Hurts and draft Jamar Chase. That's what I would do if I were them. I like that a lot too. Can't go wrong with Jamar Chase. It looks like I can't miss. I know. He might go earlier than that though. 804- he might go three. Yeah, 803-0550 is the phone number. Last call on the nightcap after this on WGR. Last call on the nightcap, Joe DiBiase and Brendan Keaney. You know, I co-host with so many different people and different platforms. It's like I almost say the wrong name every time. Call me Lou. I almost called you Lou. I almost called you Jordan. Like, I'm just all, all
3: Mike, Tom. I'll answer to anything. <laughs> My, so many people have called me Brandon my entire life, oh, or yeah. botched my last name. Everyone thinks yeah. there's an R in there somewhere. Think my name's Kearney, Kearney? not yeah Kearney Kearney. Oh, don't. There's don't, no R. You don't need to talk to me about mispronouncing last names. Like
2: it is is
3: eighty twenty wrong the first time. What could you? I, that seems like an obvious. DeBias name to DeBias is
2: the easiest one. Is the the most common. DeBias one. DeBias. Okay. Debase. I get Some people just ignore the second I apparently. To
3: bias. Have you ever seen Arrested Development? You know, the thing about Arrested Development, I gave it a shot. I feel like Come I got through on. the whole first season. You didn't like it?
2: And I'm not sure I laughed once. I think it's funnier so than The stopped. Office, man. Those are fighting words. I, I love The Office. I, I, I think I it's
3: funnier than The Office. Maybe I'll
2: have to give it another shot. What's it on now? Is it still on Netflix? It's not on yeah, Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It
3: yep. I just restarted it for like the fifth time a couple weeks ago. I like the idea of it. There's a guy in there named Tobias, which is why when you said Tobias, it oh. just reminded me. Tobias Funke, one of the funniest okay. characters in television history.
2: Well, see, that shouldn't...
3: He's a never-nude.
2: That shouldn't... A never-nude? Yeah. What the hell does that mean?
3: <laughs> that, that should never be the case, because Tobias would
2: be spelled way different than my last name is spelled. Way different. How do you spell Tobias? Tobias Reader is T-O-B-I-A-S. Is that that's common the, for that's Tobias? That's correct, yes. My name isn't
3: even close to that. But you say people say it like that. Oh, they do. All the time. Well, I, I'm just talking about the sound, not the uh the aesthetic. Alright, maybe arrested development is my is
2: it I don't quite wanna dem- demoralize it to like my go to bed show though. Do you have one of those? I have a go to bed show. Because I need the T V on <laughs> with asleep. Cold Case Files is my Cold case files. Bed show. I've been doing friends for that recently. I've never seen friends. It's fine. It's not something I just want to sit down and watch. I feel like I'm wasting my life if I just watch old sitcoms. Like as like that's the thing I'm doing. Mm. You know? But as like a go to bed show, like yeah. I'm in. So maybe Arrested Development could be that, or maybe I should give it more respect.
3: Than that. I will sometimes wake up at like two thirty in the morning, just randomly, and not be terribly tired, and I'll go just you know what I'm gonna watch like Forensic Files or Cold Case Files, and just put myself to sleep that way. And that's really bizarre. Yeah. You're just watching like these morbid kind of murders, and that's how, you're, <laughs> that's how you that's how, how you fall. That's asleep. how I relax. Not
2: like every creak now you hear in the house is like I'd be like, what was that? Nope. Sleep like a baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we'll be back talking. We didn't even mention the Super Bowl today. We would have if the Bills had been in it. I'm sure of that. They were that close. Doesn't it seem like a, a, a year Seems ago? Seems like
3: a long time ago. And I miss it, man. I've got this rollover I thing. I miss the feeling.
2: That I've got to talk about on the air. Um, I got this betting this betting opportunity that's not really an opportunity, but I can make it an opportunity. It's kind of confusing. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk about that tomorrow. Maybe some prop bet stuff I want to get into. I wanted to do that today, and we didn't. So we'll do that tomorrow for sure. Uh, Super Bowl prop bets, you know, from the length of the national anthem to the color of Gatorade. There's a lot in between there. So that tomorrow, Brady versus Mahomes, plenty more on Sunday's game when we rejoin you tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Thanks everybody for listening. This has been the Nightcap with Jody Biasi and Brendan Keeney here on WGR.